Welcome to the Supply Chain Visibility Stories, the podcast for supply chain managers. Brought to you by Axis, the 100% supply chain visibility cloud solution provider. Supply Chain Visibility Stories is hosted by Bill Wall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Today marks the first in a series of discussions exploring a variety of business-related topics and the intersection of technology and business. Our discussions are designed to be brief and focused, and we're hoping this podcast format inspires our audience to think about how technology impacts their own organizations and to engage with us as our series continues. I'll have information about how to engage with this series and our guests at the end of today's discussion. My name is Bill Wall, and I'm honored to be the host of this series brought to you by Axis. I've been working in the technology sector since the late 1990s, including 11 years at software, software maker SAP. And that's where I first met today's guest, Jeremy Coote, who now serves as CEO of Axis. So, Jeremy, welcome to the program. Morning, Bill. Good to be here. Great. Can you uh, first start by telling us a little bit about Axis? Yeah, we're a Greater Philadelphia-based software company, and we're now focused on delivering cloud-based solutions that tracks products, inventory, and assets, and their changing attributes uh, in real time across the extended supply chain, but in lockstep with people's existing business systems. Well, supply chain is is the topic of, of the day today, and I thought we'd start by putting this in the context of what's been going on in the world. It's been a fascinating, interesting, and challenging 18 months as all of us uh, around the world have had to adapt to operating our businesses during the global pandemic. The impact on work and business has been profound uh, for sure. But Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about how the COVID crisis has impacted global supply chains. Yeah, I think that uh, everywhere we read now, there's a general understanding that manufacturing companies um, really struggle to actually understand exactly where their stuff is and whether that's raw material, whether that's work in progress, whether that's finished goods inventory, whether that's goods in transit. They really um, are struggling to have that pinpoint accuracy so that they're able to make uh, decisions um, and make commitments to their customers. And that's really just uh, been amplified uh, over the last several months with um, Plants being on lockdown, ships getting stuck in the Suez Canal, um, and 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 so on. So we see this renewed interest and necessity for people to do a better job in having granular access to where their stuff is. Do you think the uh, the impact of the pandemic was uh, was magnified for supply chain because of the challenges of international and cross border shipments? Well, that certainly was part. Of part of the, 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 the challenge that people have run into, but it's also just as, just as rife um, domestically. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's interesting that you met, mentioned the, the ship stuck in the Suez Canal because it strikes me that for the broad audience, um, that incident really highlighted for people the challenges associated with global supply chains, that, that one ship, even at its massive size, could have a multi-billion dollar impact on worldwide trade. 
really highlighted the challenges companies face in moving materials and keeping their businesses functioning. As you look at that incident, what struck you most about how it highlighted the challenges of supply chain tracking? Yeah, well, people, I think that people just did not understand what elements, what items were on that ship that were crucial to either theirs or their customers' supply chains. And what uh, everyone is now focused on is how can we understand in the moment when adverse adverse events occur and what actions can we take once we actually have that information. So had you known that certain parts were on the, were in a container on that ship and that ship was now stuck, um, you could then immediately go into looking at substitute uh, delivery processes um, that could be put in place. I think the other, I mean, there's some other fundamental non-supply chain issues around um, sole sourcing and mm. the challenge that everyone's seen with that. Um, but at the moment, you know, the whole issue is around having the data uh, in the moment so that you can actually take some corrective action. I think it was back in the 1990s, Jeremy, we all learned about the, the concept of just-in-time delivery, which is, is, a, is a concept that is rooted in supply chain. And it's hard to believe that a ship moving as slowly as the Evergreen stuck in the canal is about real-time delivery. But it is true that businesses moving materials from, say, the Far East to Europe, for them, the arrival of that ship is just in time, and it highlights the importance of knowing where your materials are, finished or raw goods, at every step of the process, right? Yeah, I think that, with that one thing that's going to come out post-pandemic is that inventory is not necessarily a, a dirty word. Yeah. So we, you're absolutely correct. The last 20 years, we've been trying to go lean and take all inventory out of the system, but we now understand what the consequences of that are. Having said that, if you have inventory in the system, you better know what you got and where it is. Mm -hmm. It strikes me that for most people around the world, having to be locked down at home for 12 plus months really got an awful lot of consumers uh, tied up in ordering stuff uh, online. And for a lot of them highlighted how strong the systems of delivery have become for uh, consumer delivery. I, I think about the, the stuff that I order and I, I continue to be fascinated, even as a IT professional, uh, about how well companies like UPS can tell me where my goods are, even allowing me now in real time to see where the UPS delivery van is in my neighborhood. If it works so well for consumers, hasn't then that changed the expectations of um, business executives who want just the same kind of visibility and tracking for their goods in a B2B sense? Yeah, no, great point. And I don't know whether it's just executives. I mean, we're out and about talking um, to our customers and just the, the, the customer service people themselves are embarrassed as they get a call or an email or a request and they can't answer it. Um, in the moment because they don't have access um, to inventory positions and to understanding what's available um, at, or they don't have the systems lined up that can actually um, tell them where an item is in the delivery process. And I think that, you know, I call it the Amazon effect, but mm -hmm. people are coming to work now 
and operating one way when um, they're dealing with their customers and dealing another way when um, they're ordering laundry detergent. And you're going to see the, the, these, these things merge because uh, companies like Amazon have really led the way as to what's possible and then what becomes standard. You've talked a little bit and we've highlighted in these last few questions uh, global delivery and shipment. But as you talk to customers and companies about their challenges, many of them are dealing with the just the fundamental challenge of locating their own materials in their own warehouses, right? I mean, it is it is interesting. As a ERP guy myself, you know, we understood about goods receipt and bin to bin and movement and whatever, but still within large manufacturing plants, people can't find inventory items that their ERP system tells them that they have. And there's this next level of granularity that needs to be put in place to um, provide uh, just a, 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 a much more accurate and efficient process. So we were down at a plant the other day, one of the first times we've been allowed out on a plant visit. And you know, super well-run organization um, making um, high-tech products for the aerospace industry, but they spend a lot of time on cycle counting and running and, and runners going around trying to find items that they believe they have within their four walls. I find it uh, fascinating, Jeremy, that when I entered the enterprise software business uh, in 1999, it was the heyday of supply chain management software. And here we are um, some 22 years later, and the topic of supply chain management uh, is right back at the top of uh, the discussion for uh, business leaders from all sorts of industries and segments. Um, and that means there's lots of opportunity for us to talk about a wide range of, of topics over the course of this uh, podcast series and a good way for us to kick things off. Uh, thanks for joining today, Jeremy, and we look forward to the discussions uh, in the weeks ahead. You're welcome, Bill. That wraps up today's first podcast. Uh, my thanks to Axis CEO Jeremy Coote for joining and to the entire team at Axis for making this podcast series possible. We welcome your comments and questions about the discussions on these podcasts. You can engage with us at the official Axis Twitter and LinkedIn pages. Please join the discussion. We'd love to hear your questions and comments and even your suggestions about topics you'd like us to cover. I'm your host, Bill Wall, and for everyone at Axis, thanks for joining. We look forward to our next podcast. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Visibility Stories, brought to you by Axis, the 100% supply chain visibility cloud solution provider. Visit us on the web at axisinc.com. That's A-C-S-I-S-I-N-C.com. Or join the dialogue on social media. Look for Axis Inc. on LinkedIn and Twitter. Join us next time for Supply Chain Visibility Stories, brought to you by Axis.